podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This show is brought to you in association with Five Stars Promotions. To find out all about Five Stars' latest events, including many featuring ex-Rangers heroes, then please visit them on Twitter at Five Stars Limited, that's at Five Numeric Five Stars LTD, or search for them on Facebook. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that doesn't feel any younger after visiting the Fountain of Youth Stadium. This week on Heart and Hand, it's Ryan Gels. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar. I'm your host, as always, on here. And I'm joined by two of my favourite people. It's the Sea Squad, but not in the way that that might sound. First of all, it's Cameron and James Bell. David, how are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm, uh, as I say, not feeling any younger after watching Rangers' second half display yesterday. I, I felt I aged, in fact, but uh, but uh, we'll, we'll discuss that in a minute. And also joining us is none other than Colin McMillan. Good afternoon, guys. Yeah, how we doing? I'm not bad. Colin, you're a big fan of um, uh, rap star Kanye West and his um, uh, shoes, what he sells. Um, are you buying those ones that look like Crocs and cost 75 quid? I'm considering buying them to put on the shelf with the others, but I don't think they'll make it on my feet ever. I think that's the acceptable answer to the question. Yeah, I'm not sure, but... Uh... <laughs> I admire your dedication to the cause. Uh, right, folks, let's go back to Sunday. Rangers back after the interminable uh, international break, and we would go to take on Hamilton Ackies in probably as kind a fixture, Cami, as you can ask for coming out of a, an international break. If you've got to go away from home, then Hamilton's probably one of the better places to shake the cobwebs, and it certainly turned out that Rangers had a few cobwebs to shake. Yeah, well... Um... You're kind of hoping that you'd go and it'd be a relatively comfortable uh, return to to what we'd been expecting uh, from the team just as we kind of came into the international break itself and uh, a bit more laboured than I think it, it had to be. And um, but listen, you know, it wouldn't be Rangers unless we did things the hard way, David. No, that's true. Although for seven minutes, uh, I thought, oh, here we go. Actually, for the first ten minutes, I thought we're going to run up a a cricket score here. We took the lead early on, Ryan Jack, lovely finish from him, and Colin, Ryan Jack was magnificent in the first half, just absolutely dominated the whole match. Uh, he Se- was, yeah. yeah. Second half, he wasn't quite as dominant because he had to do three jobs because others weren't doing their jobs, and the amount of covering he was having to do, um, but he was still superb. He is turning into the complete midfielder. He, he really, really is, and going into this season, I don't think many of us would have predicted that from him. Um, he is obviously learning a lot from the training ground and being next to guys like Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister, who were two not bad midfielders themselves. And you can tell he's just taking all that in, he's working on his game, and he's developing, and he's developing his whole game, he's developing his tackling, he's passing, he's shooting, and getting into spaces. That, that goal that he scored yesterday... It was a lucky bounce that came to him, but he was in the right place, which he wasn't always in before. He's developed far, far quicker than anybody thought we ever would do. Cammy, that's the thing. Uh, look, he was always 
neat and tidy. Um, he was always able to shut people down and work hard, and he was always a good player. But what he's added to his game are the most difficult things for a player to be good at, and that's his passing offensively is superb. He played three absolute killer through balls yesterday, perfectly weighted, and on a plastic pitch as well, where it's and some of the bounces yesterday, by the way, were utterly ridiculous off that pitch. Don't ever tell me these pitches are just like grass. Um, he played three wonderful balls, several other great balls that got Rangers on the move. And then, as Colin said, his finishing now is just natural and top draw. Yesterday, didn't swing a foot at it. It was the ball dropped him, and instantly he looked up and passed the ball into the corner of the net. Yeah, it's it felt a bit to me like when we get, you know, Ryan Jack, former Aberdeen captain, there was a role to which he can he'd almost been conforming to, and that's how he had been coached up to that point. And certainly, um, you know, we're seeing this this blossom, if you will, of this player who's looking to be able to expand his skill set and open up probably strengths that he either didn't know he already had or hasn't been able to express before. Because the goals that Ryan Jack's scoring, um, and if I had any criticism of him, I, w- I would prefer that he did some of them at Ibrox because he loves scoring at away grounds. However, all of his goals technically are, are, are fabulous finishes. Uh, they're just hit with the side foot away from the goalkeeper. And then, you know, the, 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 there's no chance for the keeper to be able to try yeah. and get even close to it. But when you see opportunities like, you know, obviously the chance he took yesterday, um, it's just a linear thought process where he just wants to he, he just wants to have a dig. He just wants to have a stab at it. You can understand some of the other goals that he scored where he's maybe a little bit short in room and, I don't know, maybe 18, 20 yards out. And he scored some absolute belters when it's kind of, okay, I'll just look up and maybe I'll have a dig and see as to how I go on. He's, he's, he's had time to think about that. Last, um, last well, yesterday afternoon, uh, his, his finish was just so natural, you would have expected it to have been before or Alfie, you know? Yeah, and as, as Cammy says, Colin, it's, it's so natural looking. They're, they're not awkward. He just is in total control. It's one of the things I like about this coaching side is that they don't look at a player and go finished article or he can do this and therefore that's what we use him to do. They look at him and they go, okay, he's very good at this and that, but what can we, what else can we get out of him? And that's why I'm excited when you see someone like Ryan Kent, who will come on to, who has grown in his time at Rangers and I think will, will continue to grow. And we got a little taste of what... Ryan Kent could do for us and would go on and do in this game with a sensational bit of play not long after where got the ball in the edge of midfield, turned, dropped his shoulder, beat his man, ran into space and smashed a low shot that he was unlucky to see come off the post. Yeah, we're, we are not going to buy finished articles. We are going to buy players that we do need to develop. We're going to buy potential. And we might splinter in a couple of players that are maybe more seasoned veterans, guys like Defoe. But to have the coaching staff with the ability and the skills that we've got just now to develop these players and identify the ones that are going to tick the boxes for the moment and potentially be able to improve on is so, so key. And we've seen that with Morelos. We're seeing it with Kent. We're seeing it with Jack. That's three key player key places in the team that we're developing ourselves and making these players 
infinitely better than they were when they first signed for us. And that's our operating model. That's what we need to do. Develop them, get a turnout of them, and then move them on and start the process again. And those three players are just a perfect example of that. I don't even think Kent was scoring those goals yesterday that he was scoring last season. He's developed on again from his loan spell. He seems a better player this season. He seems more committed. I think he's more comfortable in his environment. And I think the stability of the, what is it, four-year contract he has? Mm. Yeah, the stability of that, and he knows that he's not going anywhere. He's able to actually put down some roots and work on his game and have some long-term coaching plans in mind, I would imagine, as well with the team. And we're seeing the fruits of that every week from him now as well. It's really, really encouraging from that point of view. Yeah, we'll come back to that about him looking a different player. And I would absolutely agree with that. There's just something more confident and dynamic about the way he plays, and that's that's showing up in, in his performances. But, Cammy, you like horror films, don't you? Well... There was an absolute fucking gory nightmare of a goal that Rangers were just about to concede. Unfortunately, Hamilton, who I don't necessarily think had been in our half, um, came forward on their left-hand side, our right. Um, Arfield and Tav getting a bit of a mess over there, failed to stop the ball coming in. At the back post, Bonabarisic is standing watching as uh, the Hamilton player goes in and heads it back across goal. Then the two centre-backs don't appear to realise that the boy in the middle of the goal is going to try and deflect it into our net. Alan McGregor is rooted to his line when it would appear easier to come out and grab the ball or at least smother it. And then even at that, there's a second chance to clear it when the boy's uh, first shot rebounds back up, but he wants it more and heads into the net. I think it was telling that the defenders were all just standing looking at each other in absolute shock at how bad a goal we had conceded. Because this Rangers defence, it was the first goal we conceded in 400 minutes. They'd been terrific lately. Yeah, they just, um, you know, you could watch that game and think, is this the first time this defence has played together? Um, I mean, you know, without kind of going down all of the sequential routes of where everything stops because I mean you, you I mean I could turn around and say it's Kamara's fault because he doesn't blame he doesn't block the cross coming in Goldson isn't touch tight on the defender who he has to track in uh, placement of Barisic who he thinks has the guy Barisic is static McGregor static Ryan Jack is behind the guy who's about to come forward and head the ball, but I don't necessarily blame him for that because I think if Jack touches him, and I want to come back to Stephen McLean, by the way, for a fucking terrible handball uh, hand decision that should have been given. I think if Jack touches him from behind, he goes down, it's a penalty anyway, so he is backing off of him. I think the only one that I would maybe give a, light, a slight bit of credit to is Phil Hellander for trying to get the block in. But it's just awful. It's a really, really... I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand that, that if you've got a defence that plays really, really well together and some wee lad pops up with an absolute worldie and you've got to hold your hands up and go, right, OK, fair enough, that's an absolute belter and that's what it takes to beat us. But that defence in that sequence of play pulled apart like warm bread yesterday. Um, don't get me wrong, you're right, there's no, I don't really see a, a reason to, to drag people over the coals or start chastising, crucifying people, but any one of those defenders involved in that yesterday should watch that goal again and be thoroughly, thoroughly ashamed of our lack of reaction, our lack of awareness, our lack of positioning in terms of where each of them were individually at that point, it's, it's poor, it's poor at the, and I'm being nice by calling it poor in terms of where it was from a defensive standpoint. Um, obviously, it didn't have a, an overwhelming outcome in the in the result, 
Um, and we picked ourselves up again and you know we kept going and that's thanks to the character of the team. But we can't we can't concede goals like that. We can't be that sloppy. Um so the defence better take its lesson from what happened yesterday. Yeah, unfortunately defensively it was to get worse before it would get better. Cammy uh, sorry, Colin, is it just the interruption? Because there was no clue that that defensive performance, which, as I say, would continue in the second half and was shambolic. And there was a point in the second half where Rangers had been uh, carved open again for around about the third time in that half, where the defence were all turning and pointing at each other. And, and the look in their face wasn't so much anger as just shock. It's like, why are we all collectively playing so badly? Why are we all out of position, tracking the wrong man, not making our tackles, not winning our headers? Was it just they were all back from international duty? There's takes a wee bit, as I say, to shake the cobwebs off to get the cohesion back, or just the four of us had a collective nightmare? I think it's probably a bit of both. Um, you don't want to just blame the international break, you don't want to just blame that pitch, you don't want to just blame rustiness, but there's probably an element of all three involved in that, and the only real positive you can take from it is that every defender and every goalkeeper is going to make a mistake at some point and ours all did it at the one time and only cost us one goal yeah. um, but it's as it the only positive you can take from it because it was embarrassing it was the kind of defending we see in the rest of Scottish football we laugh at and say that's the standard of the league and that's not what you expect to see from us but hopefully that's out of the system it's done it's not cost us too much in the end thankfully and we can move on from it because like you said that defence has been just impressive it's been fantastic since it got put together what five games without conceding a goal up until that point mm. and not even looked like conceding to be honest they've been strong there's been no issues with them so let's not let's not go too overboard on just the one goal um when it was like a collective issue rather than just one of them making a mistake i had no panic at this stage a long way to go and rangers were making chances ryan jack was unlucky um great save actually from the the hamilton goalkeeper they've just brought in and loan from Reading and he had a pretty good game actually but uh, Ryan Jack was, was definitely at the heart of, of most things for Rangers and Cammy, you felt we should have had a penalty when Ryan Kent had a shot that uh, was charged down the Hamilton defender uh, struck him on the arm Kent then fired the rebound over uh, according to BT Sport they didn't think it was a penalty and neither did their video ref Yeah that's <laughs> absolute bollocks um, the the defender is, is leaning down, Steve McLean is, is at most 15 yards away from this, looking directly at the defender. If I had to give him any benefit of the doubt, it would be the fact that the defender is side on to him. But as you watch it from Kent's angle, as it probably would have been at that stage, he leans down with his arm dangling and it doesn't hit the upper arms, you know, the the shoulder type area. It, It hits his wrist practically. Um, and his arm is completely straight. It's a terrible, terrible decision. Now, we've mentioned a few times, David, that, do you know what? See if we come away and that's a one-all draw. We're sitting in this podcast absolutely slating the referee for these decisions. Now, don't get me wrong, obviously, as we're about to come on to, we, we came out comfortable winners in the end. But it doesn't excuse blatant mistakes like this. Um, it, it's, it was Honestly, when I was watching that, I w- it was incredulous that he didn't give it to me. I mean, really, really incredulous. And I, I don't think it's easy to give penalties against Rangers. I know that obviously there'll be people, demented followers of other clubs who will say, you know, it's the bog standard, you know, Rangers get a penalty every game. It's bullshit, it doesn't happen. But yet you see instances such as this where the decision's not given. And I, I, 
there's no explanation to me. There isn't one. I don't understand it at all. There is not. That's not natural. And I know, um, as you guys follow in the Patreon network on Seagulls and stuff as well, when you're covering all the English games, etc., that ruling has changed slightly that's been employed in the Premiership in terms of things like natural silhouette, etc. You've now seen VAR giving penalties like that that previously wouldn't have been given. I understand all of that argument. But the Hamilton defender leans to his left in order to be able to shield the ball and he completely misreads the height of the ball and it's a penalty. It's a penalty eight days a week. Cammy, your th- uh, sorry, Colin, your thoughts on it? Yeah, um, I won't be as eloquent as Cammy. I've not got the refereeing experience and I do get confused a little bit with the whole new handball rules because for me, old school-wise, uh, that's, a, that's a penalty. The ball hit the guy's arm. He didn't make much of an attempt to move away from it. It's a penalty all day, every day, unless it's Rangers. So that that's my take on it. Yeah, I think I was kind of more annoyed at McLean. There was a couple of really bad tackles uh, that he didn't pick up on, including one where Barisic he didn't even get a foul for. They actually injured the Hamilton player who'd made the tackle. He had to go off and Barisic didn't look too happy afterwards. So, uh, yeah, welcome to, to Scottish football again, folks. Um, Rangers were making the odd chance, but it was mainly long-range shooting from Ryan Jack at this point, who appeared at times to be playing... Hamilton on his own. Uh, I didn't think he got much in the way of support from Glenn Kamara and Joe Aribo in midfield. And that luckily didn't matter too much as he was able to to take command of the game. In the second half, though, when Hamilton put an extra man in there, then that became difficult. Uh, we're not getting enough calling from Aribo and uh, we, we have been from Kamara, so I'll exempt him. But equally, I am still very much it is early in his it's November he arrived in the summer he's young we know he's going to be a bit of a project player and uh, the lesson of Borna Barisic is, is very much ringing in my head but it's easy to say all that in the cold light a day afterwards when you're sitting watching and getting frustrated and I think the main thing that, that you get frustrated with Joe sometimes is, is that he is a far better player than that there was one moment where he, he walks past three players like they weren't there and played the ball forward, and you think, yeah, that, do that, <laughs> you're capable of that. <laughs> but is it a case of we just have to be patient with this boy? I think we do, and I think as a as a whole, the support are actually doing a very, very good job with him in terms of being patient, because we know um, how good a player, how good really he was talked up when he was at Charlton. We knew there was a clamour to get him. We know we did it particularly well to get him on whatever money we got him on and to get him to come to this country. Um, we've seen him go away for Nigeria now, we've seen him score against Brazil, we've seen the good bits and we've also seen the inconsistent bits, but I think he's got enough in his locker and enough in his future that he's worth persevering with. I also don't think we do him the best with this formation at times, I do think we play him a little bit too deep, however putting him up in a like in our field's position doesn't work, we saw that in the Celtic game, but I, I just don't know where the best position for him is, but I do think the central midfield position he's playing just now is just a little bit too far far back for him and you're not getting that clever ability he's got to beat a player and then pick a pass out for somebody. He's just too far back for that to get the best of him. Um, I don't want to change the formation for one player. I think the formation we've got works extremely well. I just think we need to find a way to get him further up the park more often because that's where you're going to see the best of him and that's where you're going to get the benefit of him, particularly when you've got when you've got your Jack and you've got your Davis there doing the defensive work there, doing that grafting stuff. We need him to start putting his foot in the ball and making things happen because that's what we signed him for. Cammy, one guy who I saw got a lot of criticism yesterday 
was Scott Arfield. And there were players who had bad games um, will come in the second half, in particular to, to Tav, who uh, in the second half was, was absolutely horrible. But that's not playing well. It's still being involved and it's still, you know, making mistakes and you don't want to see that. But it, it's still contributing, even though some of that is, is a negative contribution. And Tav was involved in two of the goals. Arfield contributed not he, he just wasn't involved at all. And for me, that's slightly worse because it's harder, I think, to... It's easier to pick up on your form and improve your touch when you're still involved in a game. When the game is passing you by completely, I worry a bit more about that. Now, again, it's first game back after, after an international break, and I take that into account. But this isn't the first time that we've seen this from Scott Arfield. Some of his, his recent performance... I, I don't think he's played particularly well all season, but some of his recent performances have been really, really poor. And it's, I'm struggling to see quite what he's bringing to the team, if anything, at the moment. He's in the, he's in the horrible spin of a player who is out of form and is trying desperately to get back into form, and he's overreaching, and what he's doing is he's creating mistakes where there isn't any. Um, and I'm not saying that he's culpable for you know conceding goals and in for that, I don't mean it like that. But what he's doing is he's, in, he's, he's basically inhibiting himself because he feels like he has to do 120% because his performances have been so poor, and he's caught in that, in that spin. Strikers do it sometimes where you see when they're not scoring, and they're not getting touches of the ball, or they're missing opening goals, and all that kind of stuff. They start falling back down the down the team and through down through the park to, get, to try and get more involved in the play. Arfield's in this position now because I mean, don't, we're all saying let's give him a rest, let's give him a rest, and there's people saying you know he needs to decide whether or not he wants to play for us or Canada. All of that kind of thing. I, I, and listen, has made it to some of that conversation. I'm not saying that that's wrong altogether. But right now, what I need is Scott Arfield to not look after half an hour in a game like he played the game that was on the park just before you and you just asked him if he wanted to come on and play the second game because he looks shattered after about 30 minutes. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's a fitness thing. I know for a fact that he does additional fitness work outside of the HTC. I think unnecessarily, but then he's probably conscious of his age and his body and what he's capable of doing and you know what what what's maybe not quite as easy for him to do as it was when he was 10 years younger um right now what i would do is i would give him a spell out and i would say to him i need you to come back refreshed i need you to take a mental break from the pressure that you're clearly putting yourself under and take it for there his problem right now is gerard trusts him too much and trusts him as a lieutenant on the park Therefore, he plays. And yesterday, we were screaming for Davis to come on. And that wasn't the sub that was made. And I think everyone was looking at it going, I don't understand like, you know, why we wouldn't give Davis the opportunity, give Arfield a bit of a breather. I was looking more, I'll, be, I'll be honest, I was looking more at Stuart um, to come on in that role. Well, okay, I was looking for well, Davis sorry. to come on in the second half to the place yeah. uh, Kamara or Aribo. But yeah. for Arfield, I was thinking Stuart should be, be given the opportunity. Well, Irrespective, I would have said at that point he probably would have been the first one at that stage. I would have said, you know, let's let's take him off and let's get some some fresh ideas in there. Um, and it's difficult for him. Listen, my heart goes out to him, and I and I think for you know, hundred percent, he's he's trying his absolute heart out, and we can't criticise him for that. He just wants it too much. 
and he needs to take a bit of a break. He needs to, and the, the manager needs to give him a break. And Gerard is very, very hesitant to do that. Um, and I don't know if he realises yet he, he's hurting him more than he's helping him at the moment, Gerard, by continuing to play him when he's in this level of form. Because very soon, the fans will vocally get on his back. Um, and it's it's he it, it just needs that time out to regroup, gather himself, and then come back stronger. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. But uh, maybe it is an option thing. But there is Stuart there who, you know, he's had some bad games as well as some good games. But I think he's done enough to indicate he's worth a go. Jordan Jones returned to training last week. That's another option. That's somebody I think that, that will definitely be in consideration for that role. But yeah, I, I really did feel for, and that's the right word. I like Scott with a lot. And, and I did feel for him yesterday because it, it, there's one thing when your touch isn't great and you're not as I say, being able to make the passes or not coming off for you, that, that's frustrating. But when you're constantly just arriving when the ball's left and you're not in the right spots, and that's even worse because you're sort of, what the hell is happening here? Why can't I even get into this match at all? And as, as Cammy says, it sometimes can be overthinking and, and trying too hard, which was, incidentally, we'll just come on to this just now, um, but we'll talk about Ryan Kent in a minute. I was going to move on to him, but before we do... Incidentally, Colin, I thought that was exactly what was wrong with Tav in the second half. I thought Tav in the second half, along with a few others, Rangers were rotten in the second half. Let's not beat around the bush. I actually thought Hamilton were the better side. They certainly created more opportunities. And Rangers were just not at it at all. There was We looked fractured. We didn't look as though we were playing a system that we knew, which obviously we do. Um, it was just one of those days, and I think the players realised it and it got worse. And in Tav's case, Tav had a dreadful second half. Um, they targeted the area between him and Goldson, and Tav didn't help matters by being out of position constantly when Hamilton broke on us. And I think he, he was trying too hard. He knew he wasn't playing well. He wanted to go and help us go and win the game, get the third that would have clinched it. And he was too far up the field. And I think, Colin, there are times, I mentioned this on our post-match, that we're 2-1 up, we're not playing well, and Hamilton are having a go at the start of the second half. Just sit in. You know, just just for 10 minutes or so. Just just sit in, James. Don't worry about going forward and getting a goal just now. Just make sure we keep it tight. Take the sting out of, you know, what they do and and move on. And I'm sure there'll be some fans like, oh, it's Hamilton, you know, we should be constantly attacking. It's a 90-minute game, folks. Sometimes it's just sensible to go, right, okay, five, ten minutes, take the sting out of the game. And then once we've done that, they, you know, they're kind of have blown themselves out and we'll go and we'll, we'll add, we'll get we'll get the third and the fourth and the fifth. It's game management. And I think that that kind of went out the window and instead he was charging forward and it didn't really work out because obviously it didn't lead to a goal, but it left us exposed several times down that side. It did. Um, it, it just doesn't come natural to him to sit back and be a, a more traditional right back. He is your, your kind of swashbuckling running down the wing right back and that is that is where he's at his best and unfortunately in the form he's been in and the questions that have been placed over him, he probably sees his best way of getting over this and getting people back on side of him and doing yeah. that. Yeah, contributing at the attacking side of the pitch rather than the defensive one because it comes easier to him and he's probably got more chance of making an impact that way. Nobody will really remember a tackle that he makes or him being in the right position. But if he runs down that wing and sets Alfie up, that'll be what people will talk about. And that's how he'll see himself getting out of this slump and getting over it. But you're, you're absolutely bang on. Yes, sort of sat back, soaked up some of the pressure, let Hamilton knacker themselves, 
and then do what he does best when they're in a better position to fall for it and then he gets the glory both ways but he didn't do that and he's not been doing that and this is a guy who's had two weeks to think about this he's not been away on international duty um, I dare say he's had some time off he's been able to be away from the training ground and do various bits and pieces but he's also had time to do training be at the, the Hummel do what he needs to do and get his head right and it's still not there he is going through this patch just now where he has a good game and you think he's turning a corner and then yesterday happens and he goes backwards again I don't know what it's going to take to fix it because he does seem a bit like Arfield a droppable he's he's going to start every game that he's fit it's just it's just a thing dropping him is not an option um, with, with Steven Gerrard he's not going to do it so we need to find a way of educating him through these games and getting the best out of him and that is being a little bit smarter with what he's doing because better teams in Hamilton were picked up on the space he was leaving wide open yesterday. And yeah. Especially in that right area when he was going forward too much. Ta- Tav, Tav, played, Tav played in the friendly against Leicester at Ibrox and scored on it. And I think what 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 I'm slightly baffled by is there's also times, we're, we're just finished talking about how great that defence was for 400 minutes. And he's part of that. And he has got assists this season. He has scored goals this season. But his body language for me seems very off at times. Even when we've come off the part winning, I think he holds himself to an incredibly high regard. And he knows he's not meeting that standard at the moment. And I think he genuinely is kicking his own ass for it. But we're, we're doing what we can to be able to try and support him from the club side of things. Um, but again, we're, as Colin says, we're back in that position. We can't drop him. We can't give him time to regroup. Um, and he needs to, I think, give himself a little bit of a mental break and not... David, you've hit the nail on the head. He needs to probably, if he can't take concerted time out away from the first team, he needs to learn how in a game that's not going the way he wants to, how he needs to recover from that quickly. If he makes a mistake, puts it behind him instantly and then you know work on just doing some basics if he's not doing the, 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 the difficult things right, he needs to be able to... To, to, to go back to basics and then as I say build up from there um, but he needs, to, he needs to give himself some breathing space I think as Cammy mentioned though when we get frustrated with him and trust me folks I was frustrated with him yesterday um, there's nobody has beaten himself up as much as he has and that's something I think we do need to remember when, when people are being uh, critical of him as, as Cammy says he's a guy that wears his heart on his sleeve and you can see he's suffering because he knows he's not playing well um, and that that's when you do need to get the sports psychologist in and you need to work on the mental side of the game as much as... I mean, physically, the guy's an amazing athlete. It's not that. Um, but you need to work on that because otherwise you can start chasing things. You try too hard. We've, thought that. We've done it in jobs, I'm sure, ourselves, where you've made a mistake and you try to make up for it and you just make it worse. Um, he wasn't alone. Uh, as I say, I thought the whole back four were pretty shaky yesterday. Um, Hamilton cut his open a couple of times. One in particular, they should have scored some credit to Glenn Kamara, who didn't have his best game, but he just managed to get a toe to the cross that I think put the guy at the back post off, otherwise it was a tap-in. And Rangers were not looking good. Luckily, though, that uh, we were 2-1 up at this point, and we would go on to get a third, and this was through mostly the work of one Ryan Kent. Now, there were times yesterday where some of the stuff Ryan Kent does didn't come off. There were some times where his his touch wasn't great or his final pass wasn't wasn't good. But I don't care because Colin, we needed to sign a guy who was a match winner, who was a difference maker, who was somebody that could yes, cliche alert, turn draws into victories. And Ryan Kent yesterday did that. His first goal, Rangers second, was as good a goal as you'll see all season. He got the ball out wide. 
uh, cut in on his so-called weaker foot. We step over to create a little bit of space for a shot. And then he hit a shot so fucking hard that would have broke Sainsbury's windows up behind that goal. <laughs> Um, because there's no stand protecting the the Sainsbury's uh, Scottish football. We play in a fucking car park of a supermarket. You you have to love it. Um, And the ball moved with swerve and dip. It looked amazing. Credit to the Hamilton keeper, because I think it always looks better when they make the despairing dive, which he did. But, son, you're lucky you never got a hand on that ball. You would have been in a cast today if you had. Uh, It was a truly sublime moment. And again, from probably the only guy on the pitch who was capable of it. Yeah, and that's that's the reason we spent the money we did on him. Um, and you're right, that he did try things that didn't work yesterday, but that's what you get with your star players like that. They're capable of that little bit of magic, and that little bit of magic happens because they try things, and they're not always going to work. Now, don't take this the wrong way, because I'm not comparing them as players, but a lot of the things Ronaldo tries doesn't work. A lot of the things Messi tries doesn't work, but they keep trying and they keep doing these things, and they work more often than not, and that's why they become the star player and the important players in the team. And he was probably the only guy on the pitch that's capable of scoring that goal and doing what he did. He smashed it so hard. It was Albert's level of smashing it yesterday. Yes. Actually, it actually looked like it was going to just nestle in the corner of the net and defy gravity and just stay there, the top corner of the way it hit, and it didn't fall down straight away. Um, he's he's just came on to a real a real game compared to last season. Last season he was great. He was on loan. We didn't really feel mega confident he was going to ever become our player because of the amount of money that was getting bandied about and stuff like that, and the fact that it was Liverpool and there would be demand in England for him. But since he's came back and got fit again after the initial injury, the the Hearts game in particular in the semi, and then this, he's just shown himself to really have come on another level. And he is a guy now that you can rely on. In the past, there was he was quiet at times and he went in and out of games. He's a constant threat pretty much at the moment. And he's key. Him and Morelos, I think, are the two best players in the league in their positions. Um, you don't get better in Scotland, I don't think, than those two players in the positions they play in. And that's what we need to fill the team with. We need we need players like that to do that. And that's why you do see the cliche you mentioned, um, draws becoming wins. Yesterday, um, him scoring goals. That's that's what he's here to do. That's why we had the confidence to spend that amount of money in him, which I didn't think we'd ever do in anybody. And that's him starting to pay it back. And long may it continue. Cammy, he would add a third as well, just to put the game beyond doubt in injury time when Alfredo, who was on as a sub after he only arrived at half time, I think, uh, back from Colombia, <laughs> but insisted on being driven to the ground and playing, uh, he came on and again, showing you the quality. Colin just mentioned that they're of your star players, your guys who have that ability. Ball fed up to him, just turned it round the corner. Lovely wee through ball. There was Ryan Kent, who knew, and I love that, that's the relationship between players. He knew. I better get going because if it goes to Alfie, he'll find me, and he did. And then just lovely finish, just past the goalkeeper into the uh, into the bottom corner for three one job done. And as Colin mentioned, there, I think he hits on a good point. You need to be patient with special players because we were, I think, our generation was spoiled by Brian Loudrop because up to then wingers were allowed to be tackled and lose the ball and and not make the pass and whatnot because you you understood the ratio of brilliance to mistakes was was obviously going to be slanted in one direction um but brian loudrop turned up and he always beat his man and he always got crossover he always got <laughs> shot away and we then just went all right well that's that's what it's supposed to be um and he could have ruined the generation you don't remember after the game the things that didn't work out 
you remember the ones that did and that's the difference and that's why with Ryan Kent I'm always going to be see when it doesn't work I am one of these annoying people at the ground that shouts unlucky um, because I want them to do it again I want them to go by I want them to try it the next time if he loses the ball nine times out of ten in a match I'm still convinced on the tenth when he gets through it'll lead to something and that's what I think we need to we need to bear in mind with our, our kind of skillful players you saw the, the perfect example yesterday where he um, has a lovely drive that hits the post and he's had a couple of them um, so far where he, he's, he's shot from distance and he's hit the base of the post. Good strikers will always go for the inside of the post if they possibly can because gives the keeper next to no chance. And that's giving him the will to score the second goal and the precision to score the third goal. Um, the third goal, by the way, is excellent from a from a Hamilton, you know, defensively very very poor because you shouldn't have guys running right through the heart of your defence. But you're right; that's because he switched on. Any times are run perfectly. He knows if Alfie's there, we've got the new improved Alfie who passes the ball. Um, he lays in Kent beautifully, but it's actually a very difficult ball to take first time because. As, as much as Alfie could, he, he can't play the ball at pace. So Kent's got to get something on it. And he's maybe six, he's only a couple of yards inside the box at this point. Hits it first time and it, and it actually curls away from the keeper. And he finds, you know, the the the, the gap perfectly. It's, it's a great finish. It really, really is. I know it seems simple because of the, the build-up to it and, and, you know, positionally where he was when he hit the ball. But the actual work to finish it and, and, and score the goals, superb. But the great thing about him is he does he just doesn't stop. It's why I want him playing against Celtic, because he's fearless and he will continue trying and continue trying and he'll do you know some different things, he'll do some mistakes, he'll 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 provide moments of genius. But he will go out there and express himself because he knows he's got the talent to do so. Um and again, Colin's just touching it there. You know, we're bringing in quality. It's always interesting to me when we we talk about, you know, the, the £7 million price tag. And yes, comparatively, that's a lot of money for us. It's absolute, you know, spare change than in England. However, this boy's worth more than £7 million. He is. And um, his attitude has been absolutely top rate because he's been injured. He's come back. He's been frustrated. He's learned. He's, as I say, had a couple of shots where he, you know, he was the closest possible margins to scoring. Doesn't impede him, and then he unleashes an absolute belter um, for his first goal yesterday. Uh, you know, he's such a brilliant prospect to have in the team, and it must be great to, for the players to have around him as well because you see what he's capable of doing, and he's so quick. I mean, I know that when we were talking beforehand about some of the goals that he'd set up positionally when he gets into it, when he drops his shoulder. I, I would I would wager he's one of the fastest guys in the you know in the UK for being able to do that because as soon as he drops his shoulder his first two three four yards he's lightning he's absolutely lightning um, and he's just a great player to be able to try and have once you've got the ball to him he's going to get bums off seats. So a victory wasn't the the most thrilling, but uh, at the end of the day, we hopefully will only look back on those goals at the end of season title winning DVD. So that uh, uh, you win the game, we're back into the groove, we're able to rest Morelos, able to rest Davis, 
it's all good. Let's move on uh, with a wee word to the defence of, for fuck's sake, lads, let's not do that again. Colin, Thursday night, we uh, back in European action with uh, a trip to the worst team in our group, and I don't think anyone would have thought that at the start of it. So, yeah, on paper, easy three points, right? We just go to Rotterdam, gub them, come home and get ready for the final match. Uh, alas, uh, I'm not sure that uh, it is quite as straightforward as that. Feyenoord have massively underperformed. As we know, um, they, they changed managers after their fans uh, attacked the team coach after a heavy defeat from Ajax. Uh, out went Yapstam, in came Dick Advocat, formerly of this parish. And look, yeah, they've been rotten, rank rotten, but they're a good side, and this is no gimme. It's it's not. Um, they, they have some injury problems, which is quite encouraging to hear. The there is the fullback they have from Roma, um, he's out, um, and their main striker is out as well, which is encouraging. Um, there's a lot of people I'm speaking to that are putting more importance on the young boys game than this one. But I'm very much of the of the opinion that we go there and we try and get this done on Thursday night because we know how hard uh, December is going to be. And if we can swap a really, really important Europa League game in December to just a party night at Ibrooks already qualified, then I'm all for that. Um, there's no reason why we can't go out there and get a result. It will be difficult. They will be much better. Advocat will have them well drilled. We know that he will... He will have our number a little bit. He's going to know a little bit about what we're doing. So we will need to be our best Rangers. But I'm not going there scared. I'm not going there worried. I mean, I'd, I'd be going there scared if I was a fan, perhaps. But as the team, no, I'm not I'm not concerned about it. Um, I think we can do it. But I'm not going to be massively upset and lose loads of sleep if we don't. Because it's bloody fine. Or do we, it should be a hard game. It should be a difficult one. Um, but I'd love to see us do it and then make the last game just... Let a little bit less pressure on us and just enjoy the last game at home. Cammy, uh, Colin's got a point when he suggests that, you know, this is still final, this is still very good Dutch side. They're not what they were, but in a way for them that there's not really any pressure, it is a bit of a free hit for them. They're not going to get through the group. They know this. Um, uh, and in a way, that can sometimes work in your favour because you can just go out and play, you know. you uh, And when you're having a tough time in the league, then we need to be careful that they don't just come out and relax and play their football in a way that they're maybe intimidated or, or inhibited from doing domestically because of not being informed. Yeah, absolutely. But then there's also the the aspect that Colin mentions when we're talking about a team that's got injuries in it. You've brought in players who have now got the opportunity to impress a coach that they've been working for for about five minutes at that point. So they're not the same fine odd that, that, that we played at Ibrox. They're not because Advocat will come in He's always good at getting a reaction, Avocat, in my opinion. Not immediately, but he will be able to turn it around and he's got the experience to be able to do that. Um, I don't necessarily share Colin's opinion of, you know, the, the final game could be a bit of a kind of party atmosphere because theoretically, um, if both us and young boys get victories, then it's a straight shootout for the group winner um, in the 12th of December, which I think... For me already, thinking about that just now would be kind of racking the nerves. Yes, of course, you've got the, well, we've already qualified. Winning the group would be superb. Um, but for me, I, I, want, I want revenge against young boys. We should have beaten them in Switzerland. And we fucked it up ourselves. So for me, Feyenoord will be mega, mega important. And I think if you, um, I, I think if you, if you don't rate them accordingly and underestimate them, then you'll do so at your peril because, they're, they're still a good team, final. They've just hit, 
you know, obviously the real doldrums, they've got rid of the manager, brought in Abacat, um, and I think they'll be looking to be able to try and turn it around. As you say, Davey, it's a free hit, so why not go out and just go and, and, and not have that monkey in your back and the, the, the fear of having to get a result or being able to perform well and just go out there and do what you need to do. And then, as I say, Rangers will need to match it. We have to be cautious of what we're doing and we can't have brain farts across the defence collectively like we had um, yesterday because Feyenoord will punish us. Um, what I would like us to be able to do is go out there and assert ourselves properly. We got a bit rabbit in the headlights against Porto um, at Ibrox when they were pinging the ball about. It looked very, very comfortable. Obviously showed their technical um, expertise. And then we got into the game a little bit. I think we should go out there and find ourselves, as for us, a bit of a free hit of being able to go to a major club in Europe, playing away from home and still going out there and expressing ourselves accordingly. Which, yes, we did well in Porto. We shot the bed in Switzerland, so this is an opportunity for us as well. Yep, totally agree. Okay, folks, that will do us then for this week on Heart and Hand. Uh, before we go, though, I would just like to uh, read you a message that I was sent by Tom at the Rangers Sporters Erskine Appeal. Um, some of you may know it raises money for the ex-servicemen's home in Erskine. And uh, he said... Uh, we have now burst through the £900,000 mark since we had our last handover in April of this year. The running total raised by Rangers fans is now over £958,000. Isn't that amazing? Due to having next to zero home games leading up to Christmas, we've created a virtual shoebox for those who want to donate a present for the residents. To do so, please just go to www.justgiving.com forward slash virtual shoebox. That's justgiving.com forward slash virtual shoebox. So thank you to all the guys at Heart and Hand for your continued support and to the Rangers family who have made this possible. Well done, everyone. And if you want to go and donate something for the residents, then please go and do that. My thanks then to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Miles. And my thanks to my two guests, first of all, Cammy Bell. Thank you very much, boys. A pleasure as always. And to Colin McNallan. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back next Monday. Until then, I hope your team win. Take care. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.